Hi friends, my name is Andy, my pronouns are he and him, and welcome to the Hope Collective Church podcast. Here at Hope Collective Church, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling, and our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. This week we're continuing our spring series, Unexpected Acts of God, and John has a sermon called An Ironic Escape, which focuses on Acts 16 verses 16 through 34. And now, here's John. Hey friends, my name is John Morgan and my pronouns are he and him. Welcome to Hope Collective Church. Thanks for finding us online this week, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or listening in on the podcast. In fact, we are only online this week uh, due to the Memorial Day holiday. Uh, We simply wanted to encourage our folks to visit with family and friends and to have safe travel. And uh, we definitely wanted to give our volunteers the Sunday off from setting up and tearing down and and doing all the amazing things that you all do each and every week. So thank you for the ways that you serve and support Hope Collective Church. Um, We definitely want to recognize that the reason we have a long holiday weekend uh, to be with family and friends is because uh, of the people who fought for our freedoms and many have died in combat or um, others who served and have since passed. And so we remember and we're thankful. And if you feel comfortable in doing this, uh, will you put uh, the names of the people in the chat that that you're remembering today and and we'll also uh, celebrate their lives and, and remember them and be thankful along with you as well. Well, quite honestly, I struggled with today's message quite a bit. I'm guessing you all struggled uh, doing your jobs this week as well after the mass shooting took place at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Let's pray about what do I say? How do I say it? (laughs) Then I remembered we're in the book of Acts talking about the church and how we can embrace uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so we ask God to speak to us through today's scripture as it relates to our present situation. I'm going to warn you right now, uh, this will get a little bit political. Uh, Some of you might get upset about that. I'm going to try my best to offer guidance to everyone, no matter what your politics are. And some of you might get upset about that. But when I read the Gospels in the book of Acts, I see Jesus in the first church interacting uh, with the political systems and oftentimes challenging the political systems. And I'd rather risk being too political than to not be part of the solution in keeping our children safe at school and our grandparents safe at the supermarket and our communities safe in public gatherings. So yes, I'm, uh, I'm going to read today's scripture, writ- which was written 2,000 years ago. And I'll do my best to apply it to current events today. You may think it works. <laughs> you may think it doesn't work. I'm okay with that. Like, you all know my heart, that I'm a justice seeker. And if you think I'm off base today, you can certainly give me uh, feedback, and I will graciously receive it. 
So remember last week we were in Acts chapter 16, where we learned about the Holy Spirit unexpectedly leading Paul and Silas to Macedonia. And it was during a prayer meeting that Lydia became a believer of Jesus, and she and her family were baptized. And we're going to stay in chapter 16 this week. And in verse 16, we read about a slave girl who had a spirit that allowed her to tell the future. And her owners were making money off of her ability to tell the future. And so Paul called that spirit out of her. You know, and the masters couldn't profit from her telling the future. So they turned everyone against Paul and Silas. Well, this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 16, verses uh, 22 through 24. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. These were extreme measures taken against Paul and Silas. They were treated like criminals, but they hadn't committed any crime. They were beaten and thrown into prison, and this wasn't like pictures that we oftentimes see uh, depicting this specific story. There, it wasn't like they were thrown into uh, a common day prison cell with, with the bars and maybe a a window that's covered with bars as well. There are first century prisons in Rome today that can be toured, where we see the prisoners were kept in the worst conditions. I was reading a commentary this week, and we'll show the, the quote on the screen, or you can listen along to these words. It goes like this. It had no window or outlet except a door, which when closed absolutely shut out light and air. This apartment was the place into which Paul and Silas were cast. The utter darkness, the heat, and the stench of this miserable place in which the inmates were confined day and night often held the martyrs. This is worst case scenario for Paul and Silas, right? Not only are they stripped and beaten, but their freedom is stripped away. Their rights are stripped away. Even their feet are locked up so they can't move. We read later that they didn't even allow them to exercise their right to go to trial to see if they were guilty or not guilty. Maybe you know this story already. Well, what, what did Paul and Silas do next? Let's read this one verse, uh, 25. It says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Right when we think everything's taken away from them. What do Paul and Silas teach us? That nobody can take away the spirit of the living God dwelling in us, among us, and around us. <laughs> In fact, Paul and Silas demonstrate that what we pray for each and every week at Hope Collective, that we would receive more than enough 
of God's gifts in our lives so that they overflow to the people around us. That's exactly what happened as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. The other prisoners were experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit as well. If you were in Paul and Silas' situation and the Holy Spirit compelled you to sing a hymn, I'm wondering which hymn would you sing? <laughs> What's the first hymn that comes to mind? And you can go ahead and share that in the chat as well. I'd be intrigued <laughs> to find out uh, which hymn comes to your mind and to your heart. <laughs> the first hymn that came to my mind when I tried to imagine myself in their situation was Tis So Sweet to trust in Jesus. It was the chorus, actually, that came to my mind. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. <laughs> well, maybe God's placed a hymn on, on your mind or your heart that you just want to sing or share with us in the in the comments, feel free to do so. <laughs> so Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and all the, all the prisoners were experiencing God's presence as well. This is where we pick up in verse 26. It says, Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Here's where this story really speaks to today's situation, at least in my point of view. This is where uh, this story really speaks to me today. The doors were swung open and the chains were undone and Paul and Silas could have escaped. They, they deserved to be free, right? Do, do you believe that Paul and Silas had the right to be free? Did they have the right to a life outside of that stinky, cold, wet, dark dungeon? Well, of course they had the right. However, the same Holy Spirit that caused the prison doors to swing wide open also compelled Paul and Silas to freely give up their rights. Not for their own benefit, but for the benefit of the jailer who asked, how can I be saved? And not just the jailer, but his whole entire family. Can you imagine what would happen today if we gave up our rights so that others could be saved? Can you imagine what would happen today if we stopped worrying about getting what belongs to us so that others could simply live? Not too long ago, 
I was speaking with someone I care for deeply about justice, the, the justice ministry that I feel God is calling us to do. And that person said to me, I don't mind helping out other people as long as it doesn't take away my rights. When did following Jesus and doing works of justice start revolving around our rights anyways? In fact, I thought I gave up all my rights when I started following Jesus. He set the example for me, right? When, when, when he gave up his own rights and allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. And it wasn't for his own benefit, but it was for the benefit of others. We've been hearing about rights quite a bit over the last couple of years. When wearing a, a face covering was mandated in most places, people were claiming that their, their rights were being violated. Now listen, I can't tell you how proud I am of church folk who may have believed that, that wearing masks were, were taking away their rights, but you gave up those rights to protect the vulnerable, the vulnerable population and spaces of worship. I believe that's what Paul and Silas demonstrated when we read today's scripture. They gave up their rights, not to benefit themselves, but for the sake of other people. I can't understand for the life of me why we are holding on to rights while kids and teachers are being killed. I don't understand hanging on to the right to own an assault weapon or the right to have access to high-capacity ammunition magazines while our grandparents are being killed in supermarkets. I don't understand hanging on to the right to not have background checks or the right to not have permits for concealed carry of weapons. While people of our community are being mass shot in public spaces. Why do we hang on to these rights when we are experiencing the highest amounts of gun deaths in our nation? Like I said before, I know I'm reading today's situation into the biblical narrative that took place 2,000 years ago when guns weren't even around yet. So maybe you think I've made too big of a leap as it, rates to give, as it relates to giving up our rights to save lives. But this is where my mind went to as I was reading uh, the scripture out of Acts this week. So much so that I felt compelled to make my voice heard. And so I contacted our Ohio senators to bring H.R. 8 to the Senate floor and vote it through. This bill would make, make it possible or make it mandatory for everyone who purchases a firearm to be background checked. 
I also contacted our, our governor's office and let, let them know I was frustrated with SB 215, which eliminated CCW permits, training, and background checks in Ohio, and I encouraged our Ohio lawmakers to reintroduce gun safety laws. That would be part of the solution. Maybe you want to reach out to your government officials as well and let me know if you have trouble finding their contact information and I'll help you out. I'm guessing there are many folks out there who disagree with my thoughts today and who disagree with the messages that I sent our government officials and that's okay. Maybe you have other solutions for public safety that you want to com communicate with your government officials that I haven't mentioned yet today. Maybe your ideas revolve around uh, funding care for mental illness or funding programs that equip people for early detection and prevention. Whatever your solutions are, I encourage you to get involved and let your voice be heard, even if you disagree with my point of view. I'm reading a book right now that suggests that we can't afford talking about politics in church with the risk that we'll create an atmosphere where there's winners and there's losers. But can we all agree that when we disagree, we're not winning or losing? Can we all agree that the only people who have lost are the ones who are burying their children and parents this week? I truly believe that the church can handle disagreements and heated conversations. If the church isn't part of the solution, then who will be? I expect this conversation will continue in our nation and in our communities, and I'm, I'm guessing that there are many folk in Hope Collective Church who want to be a part uh, of these conversations. And I think you know me well enough to know that I'm always open to criticism and suggestions. So if you have ideas of how we can be part of the solution as Hope Collective Church, then, then please reach out to me. Let's finish today's scripture. Remember Paul and Silas did not pursue their personal freedom and rights when the prison doors were swung open, but they stayed for the sake of the jailer in the jailer's family, to introduce them to a faith in Jesus Christ. This is where we pick up in verse 33. It says, Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into the house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced, because they all believed in God. What I love about this story, when the prison doors swung wide open, Paul and Silas could have claimed what was theirs and immediately left the prison. They had every right to, but they stayed. <laughs> And because they stayed, they participated in what the jailer referred to as he and his family's lives being saved. 
Paul and Silas got to be part of a bigger story. Let me repeat that. Paul and Silas got to be part of a bigger story because they weren't just looking out for themselves. What bigger story do you want to be part of during your lifetime? What are you willing to sacrifice or to give up in order that others might be saved? Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has been an encouragement to you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church for weekly online services and other ways to connect with us. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And again, thanks so much for listening. And remember these three words. You are loved. Go in peace, friends, and have a great week.